If you're struggling right now, if you're struggling with your weight, your mindset, uh, you know you need to make improvements in your fitness or your health, this is a great episode. Our guest today is going to give you actionable, specific intelligence on how to do that. He's going to give you the right mindset on how to move forward. Can't wait for you to hear this episode. You are a warrior. What kind of you are the very best your nation has to offer. They're asking you to lead. Five. We need a bear cat. It's up to us. For 133, I need somebody that's got a visual of where the shooter is. You must be sound in mind, body, and spirit. 42, where's the officer down? I have a rescue helicopter that wants to land and help. This is the podcast that will make you the one. Copy running eastbound. The one that will bring everyone back. I believe we have shots fired, shots fired. Give me back up now. Because no one else is coming. I'm going to have an officer shot. An officer shot. 100 block of East Street. Suspect is down. Suspect is down. This is The Squad Room. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Squad Room. I'm your host, Garrett Tesla. I'm the founder and host of this show. And on the show, we try to give you actionable intelligence on how to better yourselves and better your lives in all different ways. And we've been focusing a lot on mental health and uh, PTSD and those sorts of things, and those are extremely important. But today, we're going to get back to some basics and give you some uh, specific tips and some strategies on something we often struggle with is is weight loss and, and, and weight management, right? And the show originally started really on the focus of health and fitness uh, in law enforcement and how to navigate those challenging environments that we live in and work in and with the swing shifts and the night shift and the stress and all those sorts of things. And using my own, uh, my own journey through uh, having my own, having hit rock bottom and realizing I needed to make changes and it, go back and listen to that very first episode if you want to hear some uh, embarrassing stories about me and uh, really deciding that I needed to make a change. And I've made those changes, and then I've gone back and faltered, and I've made changes again. And and it's I am like most anybody else. I at times yo-yo through uh, my weight. I am not um, someone who is naturally athletic. Um, I enjoy athletics, but I am not an athlete in the context of that was my identity growing up. It was something I had to adopt and adapt to, and. Um, yeah, so I am. I get as much out of this episode as I think anybody who's listening will. I think you'll hear my enthusiasm as we talk. My guest today is Officer Greg Parker with the Baltimore Police Department. Uh, Greg experienced a bit of viral uh, celebrity uh, recently, where he and I'll po- I'll post this on my socials and uh, on the website too uh, of uh, where he ends up in a foot chase at the end of a car stop. Uh, which it's captured overhead by a helicopter. The video of it is, and it's a good couple hundred yard foot chase. And he, uh, he just like trots along and grabs this guy. And, and I posted it to the Facebook back, uh, after it occurred because it was so motivating to watch an officer who was clearly so fit. And then I saw a video of him do, being interviewed and he's, uh, he's a very articulate guy and he, um, he's just, he's frankly ripped, right? And he's clearly in good shape. But what I didn't know was that he had his own struggles with his weight and that he was not always that super fit officer that could sprint 200 yards in full gear and tackle a stolen vehicle suspect, right? He had his own struggles and he had to walk his path to get to where he was. And uh, Greg's story is fascinating. And I hope you get as much out of it as I did. Um, I really think there's a lot of value in here, and he makes a lot of great points that aren't just about nutrition or being in the gym, and it's a really great, great... It's one of my favorite interviews recently, and he's just a fantastic guest, and he's doing a lot of good work for law enforcement. All right, so before we get to the show, though, uh, I want to thank a couple people. This episode is sponsored by Hardhead Veterans. It's my belief that any assignment requires access to a high-quality ballistic helmet. Whether you're on patrol or responding to an active shooter or a SWAT cop busting down a door, a detective serving a search warrant, you need serious protection for your head. Hardhead Veterans makes NIJ-compliant helmets for reasonable prices to keep you in the fight. Stay tuned, because later in the show, I'm going to tell you more about how you can get an even better deal from this veteran-owned small business that supports cops and cop charities. 
This episode of The Squad Room is also sponsored by Blue Line Flex. Blue Line Flex is a fitness apparel brand owned and operated by a veteran cop on the East Coast. Justin, the owner, started Blue Line Flex to create high-quality apparel to give back to police charities. What I like about Blue Line Flex t-shirts is that they're actually flex and stretch, so they're more comfortable than other shirts. And they're cut longer so they can stay tucked in if you're wearing them underneath your uniform. Check them out at bluelineflex.com or on Instagram at bluelineflex. Greg Parker, welcome to the squad room. Going. How's everything hanging? Uh, good, man. So you, uh, I've been trying to track you down for a couple of months, and lo and behold, the stars aligned, and, and I was able to find your contact info. You, to, to, to give everybody a context of who I'm talking to, you are the subject of a viral video. It went viral a couple months ago. And oftentimes, cop videos are not... That's When a cop video goes viral, that's not a good thing. But this was a great thing. <laughs> yeah, generally, they're not that good. Right? <laughs> um, but this was a great one. It was a, a shot of, a, of the end of a car chase where the suspect bails, and you're in foot pursuit, and the video is from the helicopter overhead. And you chase this guy for a long time. And, and eventually grab him and get him into custody mm-hmm. and everything ends safely. Um, I'll post the video on uh, on our website and to the socials so that people can see what I'm talking about uh, if they haven't seen it yet. But it's pretty amazing. And it was impressive. And I thought, as I'm watching that video, like, man, I was so impressed. And I also thought, you know, given my time, my age, my own physical status, like I couldn't do that. So that was impressive. Like I know that, like I, I saw that and it was kind of a moment where I'm like, that guy would have gotten away from me. And uh, <laughs> seriously. And, and then, so it was a moment to reflect on some things that I need to work on. And thank you for that. Cause it really was a moment of stark contrast there. Uh, but then, and then I saw some interviews and then saw some interviews with you and thought, man, you're just crazy fit. And, uh, you are the, you are an example of that for people. But then what I really got me wanting to talk to you was realizing you weren't always that way. And absolutely. And you had to make some hard decisions earlier in your career. And, and so you are different than you were, meaning you've had some struggles with your own health and fitness and your weight that correct me if I'm wrong, but if that chase had happened two years ago, you, he probably would have gotten away from you too, right? Oh, absolutely. It would have been no chance. I would have, I would have so, been able to catch that guy two years ago. So before we go through that, I want I want people to understand you, um, you work in Baltimore and, yes. um, uh, that's well known because you've been on interviews and such like that. Um, and that's an incredibly, I'll say dynamic policing environment, <laughs> but what got you, Give us a little bit of your background, where you're from, and then what brought you into police work in the first place. I'm from Washington, D.C. I was born in Washington, D.C. I was actually raised um, right on the border, downtown Silver Spring, Maryland area. Uh, I've actually generally always been into fitness. I kind of just never really had a, a good direction to go. So I kind of always was in the gym, but kind of just walking blindly, never really knowing what I was doing, but feeling as though as long as I was doing was doing something um it would suffice and i like growing up i never actually i wasn't one of those those guys who said okay i've always always wanted to be a cop it it wasn't really like that i actually did volunteer firefighting um for a while and if you're familiar with um guys who volunteer firefight a lot of them are are off-duty police Hmm. and it was it was during that time when i realized oh i think i want to be a police officer and i got to knowing the guys at the fire station and, and talking about the job and, and that's how I truly got into to wanting to be a cop. So I started off uh, with armed security. And then from there on, I just moved right on into the Baltimore Police Department. I've been here for going on three years now, coming up in March. And what's your uh, shift schedule like? Uh, do, are you, do you bid shifts based on seniority or are you this this video was shot during daylight? Or But how do you how does that work for you? We, we bid for shifts uh, every once every year. Um, but. The rotating schedule is the same for everybody in patrol. You either work uh, 7 to 3, 3 to 11, and I think 11 to 7. We have the um, A, B, and C schedule. So mm-hmm. it's, it's generally the same for everybody uh, in patrol. And you can just bid for your specific lead group, like if you want to work with your squad mm-hmm. for the next year. 
And we have a lot of, most of our listeners are here in the U.S. and they have a good grasp, I think, of what the Baltimore policing environment is like. But give us a sense for the listeners in England or Canada or Australia or other places that may not be so familiar with Baltimore, what that's like. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's an eye opener to work in, in the city. It's an, uh, definitely an eye opener. You will see things you won't normally see, um, in other places. It's a vast, there, there's a vast variety. Uh, of culture here so it's really you kind of have to know how to police here you kind of have to know how to interact with the with the uh the individuals here and i'm um, honestly in my in my personal opinion i know the city gets a lot of um there's a, a bad stigma attached to the city but i, I thoroughly enjoy working here I, I love the culture i love the 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 difference between people and i just try to work and bring everybody together yeah that's that's great i mean You've obviously the department itself has gone through a lot of turmoil in the last couple of years, and there's always politics involved, and it seems like more so in Baltimore than almost anywhere else. But I mean, you're, it's a very busy, it's a very busy department, right? I mean, you're responding to major incidences consistently. You're always moving. You're always on the roll. There's always um, something going on. There's <laughs> there's never a dull day in Baltimore, and if you if you come in and think that it's going to be a dull day, you're going to be in for a surprise. It's, it's it's always moving, always constantly on the move. We we have definitely have a high call volume, probably more so than most police departments. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. you said you were always into fitness. Were you an athlete growing up in high school and such? No, no, I wasn't. I was actually I've always struggled with my weight. But what I meant into fitness was uh, I was always in the gym. Mm-hmm. I was always you know just doing the bare minimum, you know, just to to, to I guess to make myself feel like I was. I was accomplishing something or doing something. Um, I was as a kid, let me see, 15. So around 16 years old, I actually weighed at around 260, 270 pounds. Oh, wow. And then I, um, yeah, I, I managed to, to lose it all through running and, and proper diet. Um, I got down to about 225, 215. So it, it's, it's been a constant, it's always been a constant battle for me. And this is like the real first year I've actually taken over my health and decided to to make a permanent change and so, so just for reference how tall are you i'm six foot okay so you're your average exactly average heights in 260 mm-hmm. so what was it what is it you think that caused you to struggle with your weight was it your uh, just i mean being young it's a uh, relationship to food or just lack of knowing what to do in the gym what do you think what do you think started that uh, some of it's lack of, of nutrition, and I think a lot of it stems from each personal individual. Um, some people eat more under stress. Mm-hmm. Um, some people eat more when they're happy. Me, I was always under, I, well, I felt like I was always under constant stress to, to just be successful, to try to achieve something. So when things didn't go my way, I would result to eating. Uh, and I never really had that proper that proper nutrition that goes along with going in the gym, because going to the gym, as we all know, is 10%. The other 90% is your diet. You can go to the gym for years, but if, if you're not properly feeding yourself, you're going to look the same or you, you can, you can actually gain weight going to the gym. You know, if you got, if your nutrition's not in line with that. And that was my thing. I just, I never really understood nutrition and how to cope with the stress factors of just coming. Um, I come from a home of six kids oh, and wow. one parent. Yeah. So. You know, you can imagine that your mother's always at work. There's a lot going on. And the stress factor to just try to achieve something, to try to be successful and be something other than, than, uh, unfortunately what my father was like is, is very stressful on somebody who's, who's 15 and 16 years old with, without the, the finances to go to college, without the, the guidance to understand how to, uh, how to interact in high school or interact in middle school or, you know, that had the, the father figure that pushed him to do sports, you know, mm-hmm. that, and along with everything else is a, is a major stress factor on on especially people for me with uh, kids with no father mm-hmm. and your mother's got six other siblings. So you can imagine the workload on her. Most of her time it can't be dedicated to a specific child, you know. Yeah. So that, that was my thing is I was always stressing out about trying to be successful, trying to do this and making sure that I couldn't be associated with being anything like my father. I wanted to be the change in my family. And um, unfortunately, that resulted as. You know, me. Fortunately, it, it it did help because I'm I consider myself fairly successful. But um, it, it took a toll on your health, my health, unfortunately. 
It certainly took, took some time, of course. Uh, were you the oldest? Where were you in that lineup of seven kids? That's a, that's a lot of competition for mom's attention. <laughs> I, I'm actually, well, I'm the fourth child. Fourth. So you're, you're, ba- you're, you're basically in the middle, uh, there. Um, so that's interesting that you felt compelled to, to achieve some things in the absence of, of having a, your dad as a role model, which then kind of had that collateral damage of, of the stress. Um, what was it about police work then that, that inspired you? You know, cause I know you, you, you were interested in it and you decided that's what you wanted to do, but be different people come into this job for different reasons. Right. And, and one of the things that fascinates me about police work is you have a wide swath of people who all come to the job with different skill sets. So you have like a school resource officer is a different kind of cop than say the full-time SWAT operator, right? They both, exactly. they both achieve a job that needs to be done within the parameters of policing, but they're very different. They have very different career goals or ideas of what they want to do in policing. What was yours? Uh, that's a very interesting question. And I actually have a very, uh, I have a very solid answer for that. Um, so growing up without a father, yeah. um, you, you tend to miss the, I'm not even sure how to even put this into words. Um, the camaraderie, the brotherhood, um, you, you, you tend to miss that. And that's why I joined the fire department originally is to, to not, it, it was kind of finding myself, um, finding out where I wanted to be. And I always search for guidance in the right people. I always search for guidance in the positive public figures. And to me, that was, that was firemen. That was police. That was, that was, um, military I always that was always my go-to thing is I always wanted to to understood what they saw and understood what they understood so maybe because I didn't have my father to teach me those things that I could pick it up from them and that's exactly what I did so when I went to um the volunteer fire department there's a lot of older guys there and the things that I missed at home I would pick up on there granted yes I was a little bit older but it's never too late to learn um so I picked up from a lot of the older guys there and, and they taught me things that, in my opinion, should have been, you know, brought up. I should have been, uh, should have known as when I was being brought up, but unfortunate circumstances, you know, that didn't happen. So when I joined the um, police department, that was one of my main reasons for joining is for guidance, um, you know, understanding and, and just to become a responsible person and to be, to become a respectable person. You know, my father really wasn't much of that. So. I wanted to be what he wasn't, and mm. and that's why I generally chose this job. That's a, it's a really interesting and great answer. You know, one thing we talk about on this show is that my it's my belief that the pure fact that you have decided to be in this profession makes and gives you an obligation to be a leader, right? And it doesn't matter what rank you are; it doesn't matter if there's stripes or on your sleeve or bars on your on your collar. We are in such the public light but also um we have more contact with more people throughout the day than almost any other profession i would bet and so as a result we have an obligation to our fellow citizens to be a leader in every in every way and it sounds like you saw that in the people that were coming before you and you wanted to be around that yeah it's it's um you you have to be willing you know it, growing up yeah i could have i could have turned to doing uh things that weren't that weren't good for me i could have turned to the streets. I could have turned to other um, sources of means to to accomplish um, financial gain, but that that wasn't that just wasn't part of my personality. That wasn't me. I, I wanted to do something good. I wanted to do something. Uh, I wanted to be a productive member of of, uh, of society, and that's yeah. That's why I chose the field because there's in, in the police world, it's a different breed of people than your your average person. There's not many people that are willing to to work overnight to stay long nights to to be deployed in riots um to 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 eventually or um possibly be shot at or killed there's not many people like that and when you find people who have that kind of heart and desire into something they can teach you a lot i mean they they can teach you a a whole lot and that's why i chose this because i wanted to to be um i wanted to be part of that i wanted to to have that understanding i wanted to to dedicate my life to something and dedicate my time and my passion towards something other than just, um, you know, spending my whole life trying to figure out what it is I'm trying to do and, and being lost, I decided to take control of, of my future in my life and, and definitely try to stay on the right path of things. So, because it's very easy to fall to, to fall victim to your 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 um, your circumstance, your situation. It's very easy to fall victim. Oh yeah, to that. Yeah, it's easy even once you're in the job. You know, like 
you let the stress or you let the night shifts or you let the lack of sleep get to you and then you can buy into your own BS as much as anybody else. You know, it's a, it's a constant battle throughout life. I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's always a battle. It's just, it's just a different stage of, of what you're battling. Right, right, right. So when you decided to join law enforcement and, you know, just like everybody else, you went through an academy, did you, were you, or did you get in shape for the academy or, or what, did you have any issues there? Because I really struggled in the academy. I thought I was ready, uh, mm-hmm. but I was not. And you know, <laughs> I, I remember on PT days, uh, you know, I'd be I'd be taping up my shins because I had shin splints on both legs. Because from I was I was too. I've always struggled with my weight and being a little uh, uh, heavy if I'm not paying attention. And that going way back to it, being a kid, I always joked like I was always in like husky clothes. Do you remember that when we were like <laughs> youngsters and they had the husky size? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a nice way of calling um, a kid fat. <laughs> um, that's, yeah, that's a polite way to put it on. Right. <laughs> um, the academy wasn't too hard. I, like I said, I was actually um, I was fairly decently in shape when I was in the academy. Uh, I weighed, I want to say around about, about two twenty five. Mm-hmm. It was when I got out of the academy is when the problem started. Um, you know, in the academy, you're so used to working out every day. You have PT. The academy really wasn't too much of a struggle because I was kind of already along those. Um, those lines it was when i got into patrol mm-hmm. is when i kind of the the uh the rotating schedules kind of made me lose my way a lot um i couldn't eat as uh healthy and my meal preps weren't i wasn't meal prepping i would eat on the go and then eventually you fall into this this habit and you don't even realize you fall into this habit because you think you're doing just fine and then one day you know you got to loosen a strap loosen a strap on your vest because mm-hmm. you, you put on some some extra pounds and that was me back in January when I went to, uh, I had to, I realized I, my pants didn't fit anymore. So I went to go exchange my pants out. And mind you, I'm a 30, well, I was a 34 when I graduated. I went up to a size 38. Mm. <laughs> and that's what I realized. Okay. I need to, you know, I need to make a change here. Yeah. And that's, um, like I said, Academy wasn't too hard. Was when I got in patrol, that's when I really lost control of everything. Was there a specific moment other than, I mean, you talk about the pants not fitting, um, was was it that moment when you're like, okay, this is too much. I I got to make start making changes, or was there something in the field that reinforced that? Well, things. It wasn't just you know one incident. Um, I will definitely say I lost quite a few foot chases. Um, it was I was always tired. I was always out of breath. I'd wake up in the morning and just you know after a full night's sleep and just be exhausted. And um, I think my vest and my pants not fitting was was probably the end was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. And I was just like, you know what? From this moment on, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a change, and uh, and that's that's what I did. But so, it was just like it's accumulation of factors. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you're a police officer. You, we, we we can't we can't always lose foot chases. You know, you have right. to be in some sort of physical shape because essentially you could be out there fighting for your life Absolutely. at any moment in time. And I would rather I I don't want to lose my life for, because I'm out of shape or because I didn't uh, take the pro- proper necessary steps to prepare myself. Mm-hmm. There's you know sometimes. I find this and I, I get emails like this from people too when they they've they've had that moment they've had that that moment of clarity that things need to change uh but they they don't know quite which first step to take but they also have to deal with this idea of embarrassment or shame mm-hmm. um and did you have any issues with that or was this all just an internal dialogue of you just you're ready to go um there there is an embarrassment there is a shame um I think that comes with it because it's yeah, it's embarrassing when you realize that you're overweight and you're not comfortable in your own skin. And some people are comfortable in their skin and it's not embarrassing to them. But for people who are not comfortable, yeah, it can be um, going to the gym can be embarrassing. Running outside can be embarrassing. But um, at the end of the day, you have to realize that your desire, your passion, your goals, what you want and your achievements matter more than the opinions of other people. And that's what it was for me. That's what drove me every day. I actually had a screensaver um, on the front of my phone. <laughs> believe it or not, of a picture when I first started at 257, I think it was 257.6 pounds or something like that. And I posted that screensaver on my picture. So whenever my alarm went off at 545 and I didn't want to get up or whenever days I felt embarrassed to go to the gym, I looked at that and I said, never again, I will not go back to that again. And that's what pushed me. So you have to have something internal Mm -hmm. to motivate you. You have to have something that's internal to push you because there's a lot of external forces that will definitely drag you back. Uh, family, friends, um, just life circumstances that will that will drag you back. So you have to have something that inside that's greater than the force outside. 
Oh, I love that. And I think that's such a key point that this has to come from within because the external stuff is going to pull you down or it's just not going to last. You know, that external motivation exactly. might get you through a, a workout or two, but it's not going to last three, four or five months, a year, etc. Uh, that's, I think that's such a, I think that I want to pause on that for a second. I think that's such a key element to understand is that this all has to come internally and there has to be an acceptance of where you are, right? An acknowledgement, okay, I'm overweight. This is not what I want to be. This is not what I want to represent, but I need to be okay with that fact. And then I move forward, right? We, we, we have to move forward from that. So what was your first, what was the first thing you did that you can remember when you decided, okay, this is enough. Um, I need to make changes. What, what was the first change you made? Definitely my eating. I stopped, um, I stopped eating the, the donuts, the sweets. I dropped all the sodas. Um, I stopped eating, drinking the Slurpees and getting the Snickers. Uh, I was, and I, I made the change from eating, um, like fried chicken and stuff like that to, to more like rotisserie style, bake style. It, it, my first key change was the diet because the gym, like I said, is only 10%. 90% of the work is diet. It's easy to go to the gym and throw some weights around and call it a day, but it's hard to fight hunger. <laughs> I'll tell you that it is hard to fight hunger, uh, especially when you know you've eaten enough and you're, you're just hungry because you're so used to snacking. You're so, you're so used to, to feeding your body an excess of calories that it doesn't need. And, and that was, that was my key change. I knew I needed to focus on was diet because I could get in the gym and I can, I can work out. It was for me, it was diet. I had to, to, to get my diet squared away. And once I started to, um, to understand dynamics of eating and, and nutrition and reading nutritional books and articles and going on certain websites and, and looking up how other people did it. And that, that was my first step. That was my first go-to was, was to change the eating habits, change the bad habits. Yeah. Do you now follow a, a type of diet like paleo or keto or Atkins or any of those? I'm not really a fan of, of actual diet. When I say terms, when I use diet, I'm just using the terms of, of nutrition. Mm -hmm. I don't actually follow a standard diet. I follow my own nutrition. I follow what works for me because what works for another person may not work for you. So by trial and error, what I did was, um, like I said, I always was on the, I was always reading, looking at articles. Uh, I read a few, few nutritional magazines and, I found what worked for me. I found what my body needed and what my body didn't need. Because some people can eat whatever they want and never gain anything. Right. And some people can eat not so much and gain everything. So for me, I never follow a specific diet. I just It's a lifestyle change. It's just a healthier way of eating. It's a healthier way of, of living, mm -hmm. um, essentially. Because diets don't last. Because what, what happens when you get on this, this Atkins diet or uh, whatever diet you decide to do and you lose all the weight? What's after that? Right. Yeah, that's, that's a good point too to to think of it as just the way you eat rather than you're on a diet. That, that sounds, and I think too that sounds so restrictive. Often, you know, for people that they think, well, once this diet's over, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna splurge or I'll go back to normal. But back to normal is obviously where you just came from. You don't want to do that. Um, but what? So what does your diet look like? Or your nutrition plan look like? And um, I mean, you know, on a day to day basis, do you eat small meals frequently spaced, or how does that work for you? um three to four meals a day and then i have snacks in between so i'll just give you an example a rundown uh for breakfast i'll have granola um blueberries raspberries maybe greek yogurt or eggs so they'll either be greek yogurt or eggs uh around lunchtime so i usually eat my breakfast around 9 nine thirty. lunchtime which yeah, it could vary from twelve thirty to 1 depending on how hungry i am i'll either have um so some baked chicken, asparagus, green beans, and spinach. And I, me, I just love greens. You, know, and mm -hmm. you don't really have to have greens, but some people like rice. Uh, but you can supplement. I supplement my rice with like cauliflower rice. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'll, I'll have that same meal that I had at lunch, either in a smaller portion for a snack around five, and then I'll have my actual dinner, which would be the exact same meal again around eight, nine thirty. I don't generally have a problem with eating the same thing over and over again. Uh, I know some people do, but there's there's so many different options. There's so many different varieties of meals. You can use tuna, salmon, chicken, ground beef, turkey. I mean, there's the options are endless. Is there a particular cookbook you use or a person you follow or anything like that that gives you those meal prep tips? Because that's what I struggle with is, is just the ideas for meal prep. Uh, following anybody in particular, I just Google. So if I want um, something or I see something I like, 
Uh, I usually there's a page called Tasty on uh, Facebook, but they make a lot of um, they make a lot of everything. But if I see something healthy on there, then I'll grab I might grab the recipe from there or I'll just Google something like uh, if I want stuffed green bell peppers or something, I'll just Google that and Google mm-hmm. a recipe for it or Google a healthy recipe for it because um, there's a there's a lot of ways to make the same thing. Um, and I, w- I want the healthiest option. So, yeah, just Google, really. Yeah. Or, or YouTube, you know, YouTube will show you step by step how to make it. And so I'm actually, uh, sorry, I'm actually really excited because I just got this, uh, got this air fryer, which you know you can fry oh, things yeah. and it's not, you know, it's not, there's no grease. So I'm getting ready to try that out tonight. I'm curious about those things. So I'll have to check in with you and <laughs> see how it is. I'll definitely let you know how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So you started, what was, what was, what did your weight top out at? 57, I believe it was like 0. 0.6 or 0. 0.8 or something like that. 257. And so, and when did you start this? How long ago, this journey? That was back in November, January of 2019, so it was 18. So I would say January 2018. So just about a year ago from where just from when we're talking now. And so where are you at now? Uh, 188. That, that blew. <laughs> <It blew. laughs> so okay, so here's why I'm, I'm kind of dumbfounded by that is because for people who haven't followed you on socials yet or haven't seen the video or haven't seen the like the before and after shots um i mean not to get weird but you dude you're ripped right i mean like you're in great shape and you show these comparison shots on your instagram and it's like okay i really i really thought up until you said that just 2 seconds ago that your before shot was like 3 years ago oh and, no my before shot was in uh it was definitely in november uh, or January and um the a lot of those aftershots are actually I was I was 188 around August I've actually been maintaining so you oh okay so you dropped what 80 pounds roughly in about eight months mm-hmm. most of it through yep. nutrition you're not following a specific plan you're just doing what you feel is right for your body but you're making sensible and obvious choices and uh and gym work and so I think that that right there is extremely motivating to me uh, as I am right now navigating a point to where I'm realizing I'm not where I want to be physically. Uh, gotcha. But to anybody else, too, that thinks like me, like I had this preconceived notion in my head 10 minutes ago that this took you three years to get to this point And it was this wicked journey. And it was, you know, trial and error and, 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 and real struggle. And I don't know why I put all that in there, but to start. A year ago from where we are now, you've lost it in eight months and you've been maintaining for another five. Um, that kind of blows my mind, man. I mean, what what is your takeaway from that? What do you think about that? Or what was your surprise going through that? I, going through it, it was it was different than looking from now and looking like looking from the outside in now. It's to me, it's it does. It is does a little drastic, you know, but um, when I was going through it, it was just I have to get this done. And. Um, a lot of people will, you hear them talk about nutrition and they'll say things like a half a pound a week is good or a pound a week. And that's a general rule of thumb. But if you lose a pound a week, you're talking four pounds a month. You're talking 40 pounds in a year or, uh, 48 pounds in a year. And yeah, that's a lot, but there, there, there's a quote that I like, and I don't exactly remember who it's from. Um, he says that success does not have to be had in small steps it can be had in quantum leaps quantum leaps if you take the faith or you know something to that extent and and that and that's what i went by it's like i'm not everybody else i'm not my the the rules of my body and the rules of my health don't apply to the next person because i'm different i can i can figure out what works for me and what works for me is what i'm going to run with and that that general rule of thumb of losing a half a pound a week or a pound a week I understand, you know, there's probably some science backing behind it, um, but that, that 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 rule cannot possibly apply to every single person. You can't tell me that a six foot person who weighs 150 can only lose a, a pound a week versus somebody who's 350 and is six foot and can only lose that same pound a week. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's completely different. It doesn't make sense. So the way I look at it is you can do what you want as long as you are making logical choices. You're making sensible decisions and you're putting in an effort to do something and, and, and to make a change in your life. As long as you're not you're not starving yourself, you're not um, you know, you're not doing things that, that is going to cause harm to your body. Your body will lose the weight at its rate. 
if you're going in the gym, you're putting in the work, you know, you're, you're eating proper. You're not, you're not starving yourself. The weight will come off. That's, that's a great point. And, and so when you started this or what, what are the things you started to do to make yourself successful? And to me, I find that, you know, discipline, discipline is the result of both motivation, but momentum. I think to me, momentum is a key part of this and keeping your momentum. Were there things you did to, to like, maybe rephrase the question, but one time, something I think about or the way I phrase things to myself when I'm struggling with something sometimes is what would this be like if it were easy? Right. Uh, and so what are the things you did to make it easier for you to succeed? Were you journaling your food or planning in advance or how anything like that? Hi, my name is Kit Dump, and I am the sales and marketing director for Hardhead Veterans. Hardhead Veterans believes that police should have the best equipment available to them. That's why Hardhead Veterans exists. I come from a military family. As far as I can think back, that was what was going to happen. When I first got into the military, when I first checked into my first team, we were issued what was called the Mitch helmet, a mid-ear type cut helmet. We wore those things for every operation, every mission. Helmets at that time were around $1,500 for a decent quality, high cut ballistic helmet that worked well with everything you'd want it to do. With helmets, a lot of people see the resistance to penetration test as the end-all be-all, and our helmets certainly pass that test for level 3A, but there's a whole nother level of tests published that data directly on our website, and you can actually compare apples to apples there and see what helmets are performing at and the actual lab data there. There are quite a few companies now that have come out and are selling very similar helmets that do not meet the full battery of tests. Departments would love to outfit all their guys with helmets. That's that's really out of the question for most departments. The reaction has been amazing. Go look at our reviews on Facebook or Google. I'm Kit Dump, and our mission is to help you guys stay safe. I, I looked forward. I had something to look forward to every week, and that was, that was my cheat meal, honestly. Okay. I love fried Oreos. That is the world. <laughs> fried <to me>. Oreos? <laughs> Dude, fried Oreos. They are the key to my life. So <laughs> that was the thing I looked forward to. I see how you got the 257. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every other weekend, I wouldn't say every weekend, I didn't have it every weekend, but at least like once or twice a month, I would have fried Oreos, but I wouldn't have them if I didn't reach a specific goal. Oh. So um, I never really was into the whole weighing myself thing. And I actually didn't even have cheat meals at the beginning of uh, my, my diet. It was more towards uh, the middle end once I got back down to 225. That's when I started having cheat meals. And I was like, okay, I'm at a comfortable weight where if I do have a cheat meal, I won't feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I looked That's what I used to look forward to. And another thing was um, the scale numbers, they matter, but they don't matter. Um, sometimes they go up. Sometimes they go down. My numbers change daily from three to four pounds. But I did use that as a tool to measure my success when I couldn't see it um, in the mirror. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if three or four weeks went by and I didn't see a change in inches, so I didn't see a change in, in, in whatever I wanted to see a change in. And, and mind you, fat comes from everywhere. It comes from places you don't even know, like your back. You can't really always see your back. So I would use the scale as, as um, a term of measuring my success, which I'm not really a fan of because numbers, numbers do lie. Um, you know, once I saw those lower numbers, that continued to motivate me and drive me forward. That, can, that was the driving force. One of the driving forces behind behind my success was was seeing my pant size shrink. I'm mm-hmm. now a 29, 30 waist. Mm-hmm. Seeing that go from a 38, you know, seeing my shirt go from a, a double X to a, a medium, you know, that's the driving force is, is seeing progress. Yeah. So, and I think you hit on something that's really uh, a great point too, is it's okay. You you want to set small and achievable goals, but then reward yourself as well. Acknowledge that in some way, right? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Fried Oreos. Is that like a Baltimore thing? I've never heard of that. I mean, I've heard of fried butter. Fried Oreos? (laughs) Oh my gosh, dude. I'm fried Oreos. I, I, I discovered them at a restaurant after a bike training. Um, we, after we went through this bike school, 
We went to a restaurant and they, they gave it to you as like a complimentary thing. Oh, okay. And I was like, what in the world is this? <laughs> and, and that's when I discovered fried Oreos. It, I don't know if it's a Baltimore thing. I don't know if it's a New Orleans thing. I don't know if it's a, a DC thing, but it's, oh, it's that's wonderful. Funny. thing. That's all I do know. Fried Oreos are great. I work with a guy who's, who's an <laughs> Oreo obsessed. So I'm going to have to share that. One. <laughs> I am Oreo obsessed for my birthday, which uh, just recently passed November, back in November. I had an Oreo cake with fried Oreos on the side. and 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 so i think we're joking about this too but at the same point you are you're living your life right you're not dictated by the nutrition on a day-to-day basis like you have your path you have your parameters but you allow yourself to experience and enjoy things as well oh absolutely you um if you don't you will fall victim to to um this this uh, like that being healthy and being fit it's wonderful. It's great. But if you allow it to, to control everything, it will, it can take grasp of you. And I say that because I'm, I'm speaking from experience when I was going through the weight loss process, it got to a point where I did lose control of who I was during the, um, the weight loss and the fitness thing. It, it got to a point where it was like, I almost wanted to start just not eating, um, certain things. I wanted to start cutting out almost everything that was enjoyable because the numbers weren't showing. I wasn't seeing results. And then you, you'll, you'll realize that shortly after is that it's it's a head game. Your mind's playing games with you. Mm-hmm. And um, if you allow that to, to, to dictate and control you, you, you'll you'll fall into a bad place because you'll you'll lose 20 pounds, you'll lose 30 pounds. And to you, that won't be anything. Mm. To you, you'll look at yourself as the same person you were prior to that. And mm-hmm. that's where that problem sets in. And that's where, like, you start running into possible um, being anorexic or or because you, you want to just keep going down because your numbers are not correct because you don't see yourself the way you want to see yourself. You know, it got to a point for me, even at one point where I was like, I'm going to fast for 24 hours because I had a slice of pizza yesterday, you oh. know? And, and, um, that was a point where, where I realized like, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's a constant journey. It's a constant learning experience. You're, you're learning what to do, what not to do. And, and that, those are one of the things that you really have to be mindful of when you're trying to achieve a certain look. Mm-hmm. Because you're never going to really, I can't say never, but during that time, you want a certain look. You want a perfect look. And, and that look is, is very hard to achieve in the time you're trying to achieve it. So in combination with everything, you, you do fall victim to that. That I don't, I don't know how to really explain that mindset, but it's just a mindset of I have to get here. I have to get here. But once you get here, here is not good enough. And I have to get there now. You, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, it's 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 not a really good mindset to be in. It's almost as taking the um the the flip side of the eating your stress, and it's the the in flipping that you know, and now right. your your stress is buried in that that body development. Yeah, that's interesting. Right. I, I I never I never thought of that. So, it, but it really requires requires some patience with yourself and a, and a little bit of grace or a little bit of um. I don't know what the right word is, but yeah, just, just patience and, and acknowledgement that this is a this is going to take time and this is a journey. And the fact that you're on the path to begin with is probably eighty percent of your success, I would think. Exactly. It just you have to realize that it takes time, and that if if you if you try to go to the extremes to produce quick product to try to produce quick results, those results can be lost even quicker. Mm. Or you can you, you'll find yourself in a, in a in a hole you really just don't want to be in, and that's why I. That, that is another one of the main reasons why I had cheat meals, why I made sure that I ate cheat meals. No matter how bad I felt after, if I had um, a triple steak bowl on Saturday and I felt bad after that, and then two weeks later, I'm five pounds down, I now have it in my head that that cheat meal did not affect my weight whatsoever. Mm. So it plants a seed that I can do this. And if constant repetition of that, you eventually get out of that. You like, I, I just had literally had a whole pizza and I'm still like, I'm two pounds down from a month ago. So I'm completely good. And that's how you have to train your mind. But when you get into that habit, okay, I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat. I'm going to fast 24 hours because I had a Snickers. And then you you also start losing weight. You plant that seed in your mind that it's okay to do that because it produced something that you perceive as positive weight loss but not realizing that you could have still enjoyed yourself and still had a, a, a fairly decent sized cheat meal once a week and still produced those same results. So it's just training of the mind. 
It's like a, I, I, I'm thinking of a teeter totter in my head almost, right? And, the, and it's making sure that you're not, you're not one way or the other and you have to, it's interesting. I never thought of that as, as the, the cheat meals as being a, not only just a reward, but a balance to going down that rabbit hole of, uh, of trying to lose weight and being uh, singularly focused and obsessed with it versus, Hey, I still have a life. I'm still a social person. I still go out, you know. That's, that's, that's a, I think that's a really, I've never, I've done a lot of these interviews and I don't think I've ever heard anyone talk about it like that. So that's, that's really, I'm almost, I'm just wrapped up in my head thinking about it. It's a, it's, it's a balance. And that's why a lot of people don't stick to these diets because, you know, they, they eat something bad and they're like, oh, okay, well, I ate this bad. It just ruined everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's a delicate balance. Like you, you have to enjoy life or you will be, you, you can still lose all this weight and be miserable. You know, you can still lose all this weight and be unhappy with yourself. So, you, it's like I said, it's a delicate balance. You have to have something to look forward to, and you have to train your mind to to understand that things. It's going to be okay. You know, it's okay to have this. It's okay to have that. You don't have to completely restrict yourself entirely. Mm-hmm. You know, because like I said, like being in that place is a bad place. I was there for I was there for a long time, and um, until I was able to get myself out of it and and get back on the right track. Because it, it will take control of you, unfortunately, especially losing that amount of weight. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it'll definitely get to you at some point. Did you, uh, you, you, you brought this up, so I'll, I'll ask a question. Did you, this is going to sound corny. Did you like yourself before you went through this transformation and it would just happen to have the extra weight? Or was this something like, were you struggling with some like self-image issues as well as, as a result of this? Do you, does that make sense? Because I think sometimes... You know, people struggle with uh, some sort of self-image or some belief about themselves, like you said, um, and then that causes us to get out, uh, to add to the weight. You know, not a, in addition to the shift work and everything else. Like, it sort of stacks on one thing after another, and it becomes this giant snowball that starts rolling downhill. And it really takes a lot of work to to get past some of those self-image issues. Did you struggle with that, or did you just say, "Okay, no, I'm, I know I'm good. I know I'm here." And I, but I need to get here, and so I'm just going to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, I was always more of the type of guy. I, I kind of accepted what it was. Um, like I said, I was I was big for a while, so I, you mm-hmm. know it didn't bother me. Um, I, I still had. I'm not going to say my confidence hasn't boosted a little bit, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know, it's I've always been generally the same. I was always been comfortable, um, I, comfortable in my skin in the sense that I didn't really have. I didn't really. Um, think of myself as anything less or I didn't perceive my, my outer image as anything less. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've always been fairly comfortable. Interesting. I never really had any problems. So then you get to the point where you now have a helicopter overhead and you're in this, <laughs> in this pursuit. Walk us through this call, you know, or at least towards the end of it and, and what that was like and what, or what that, how that event unfolded. You guys see um that's everywhere it's just it's 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 a car stop essentially uh it just went went wrong um basically the guy was in a he was in a stolen car um he flees he starts uh eluding trying to elude police trying to elude the um the helicopter and he comes to a stop at a traffic light where he cannot move mm-hmm. and somehow he thinks it's a, it's a good idea to try to move as you can see in the video, he tries to go backwards and then squeeze between those two cars, but he uh, he hits he hits actually three of those cars. It's the one in the back and the two in the front. And then um, I can see him from the ground. I can see him get out, but in my head, I didn't know what was going on. So I was like, uh, I don't know what's happening here. And then I see him just bolt. So you know, <laughs> instincts kick in, and that's me. I'm just I like running anyway. So I was like, okay, I guess we can have fun now. You know, <laughs> I guess it's fun time. <laughs> Yeah, and then you guys just chased him and caught him. <laughs> no, you didn't just uh, chase him and caught him. I mean, yeah, you, you're clearly a runner, and um, <laughs> I mean, you had a stride in that video. Uh, um, but I mean, this wasn't like you weren't. I like, I thought of it, and I remember this old cops episode, right, where they're riding with this guy, and I think it's even from Sacramento County here in California, and the guy's talking about he was like a Division One sprinter and you know track athlete, and then of course he ends up in a foot chase jumping over fences and he clears these foot he clearly he clears these fences in full gear like like you would uh on a track and field event right and um and of course catches the guy and it reminded me of that like 
you're f- you, you were just you looked like I assumed you were a track athlete and fluid and all that and you just I mean this was how how far do you think that foot chase was? To be honest, I don't even know. I don't even know if I'd be able to guess. I don't even re- like I said when it was on the ground. I don't really remember. I just once I saw the helicopter video, I was like, "Oh, that's how it transpired." Yeah, okay. <laughs> a couple hundred <laughs> yards for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely at least a couple hundred yards. Yeah, like en- enough that you're gassed at the end of it. But what? What? what how were you at the end of that? Oh, I felt fine. <laughs> I wasn't really. Uh, I mean, he was a little gassed. I, I felt. Uh-huh. I think he tried to throw his jacket to shed weight. That's what really threw me off was he threw the jacket. Uh-huh. As you if you, you watch him throw the jacket, I slowed down a little bit. I was like, I hope there's you know, hope there's not a gun in there. But um, it, I wasn't gassed at all. Yeah. I felt fine. And uh, I mean, you're able to take him into custody safely and everything else too. And I think uh, your fitness at the end result of that, at the conclusion of that, your fitness also affects your mindset, right? And it affects your your emotional mindset. And you're not in that code black where you're heart's jumping out of your chest your tunnel vision you know there's plenty of those videos where a cop who's uh out of out of shape gets overwhelmed by the event and then potentially uses too much force at the end of something like that versus someone who's in shape and is in control of their faculties as a result you know i think that's that's a big part of it as well yeah absolutely definitely um being a police officer really i don't think that i think every cop should have some um level of fitness because you never know what you're going to encounter out here and that plays a mental part on on you when you're when you're in the streets like i said at any moment you can be fighting for life with life or death mm-hmm. at any moment you know you could you, you, you could make a decision that's going to change your life that person's life or you know possibly change the world you know so you mm-hmm. have to you, you definitely have to take care of yourself before you can take care of other people mm-hmm so what are the things you do nowadays or are the things you've done to manage and mitigate that on the job stress? I mean, we mentioned Baltimore, very dynamic environment. It's very stressful. You guys are constantly being assaulted and shot at and, um, dealing with guns regularly. Uh, that will take its toll too. If it's not, if it's not dealt with properly, do you have anything you do as a routine to deal with that? I, I used to ride motorcycles. Um, I got into an accident not too long ago. I was hit by a truck. So I don't really ride anymore, but that was one of my stress um, factors. But now I ride, I ride bicycles. Um, I do a lot of riding. I do a lot of hiking. Um, I do a lot of running. I'm, I'm either um, once I get out on the trails, I'm going six, anywhere from six to ten miles. Mm. Uh, a lot of exercising. Um, really, that's that's what I do to manage the stress. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just I love I love running. I'm a runner. I, like I said that that once you're on the road and your mind is just clear and you have nothing but your music. You know, you got the trees, the water, um, that to me, that that's all the stress reliever I need. And were you a runner when you were heavy? I, I've always liked running. Um, I wasn't a runner, runner like I am now, I would say, mm-hmm. but I still ran. I did, you know, anywhere a mile and a half to, to two miles. Mm-hmm. But, but so even at, but obviously that at that weight, that's it gets uh, the wear and tear in your body is much more significant than at the weight you're at now. Oh yeah, hey, with the weight I was at before, no, there was a mile and a half. I was probably doing it around like twenty-five minutes. Yeah, you know, it was a very slow, slow mile and a half. So this video co- gets out of you doing this chase. It gets spread around social media. It gets tagged by a, a mutual friend. It gets, and then I see it and I repost it and talk about being prepared. Uh, you get interviewed. What how, what's been the experience of this this one event that happened on one shift? That's probably happened, you know, a couple dozen times in your career at least. Is the foot chase like that? But this one happened to be caught on camera, and now your name's out there. What what's been that experience like, and what are you planning to do with that now? Um, it was it, it's definitely quite the experience. Something I had never experienced before. Um, so after the chase, I. You know, I go home, I, I process, I do my thing, I go home and, and I wake up and, you know, I check my phone like, like any, you know, normal person, person does. Mm-hmm. And I have like 400 friend requests. And then there's like 300 messages that are in my inbox. And then I go to, I'm like, okay, I don't know what's happening. So I, I open my Facebook and here are people are tagging me in this video that made it to <laughs> the news helicopter. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this really went viral. And then I, I come into work and, and um, the first thing they tell me is, hey, you have to go do a news interview with uh, Fox 5 and, and WBAL. And, 
and all these these news channels. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. So this definitely escalated. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's it's been fun. It's definitely been fun. It's um, the experience is is to have that sort of experience is, is I feel is it feels awesome. And personally, I don't know what I'm gonna do with with the newfound uh, exposure. To mm-hmm. be honest, I have no idea. Um, maybe push my fitness thing. I have I have no clue. Mm-hmm. Well, I certainly think that if people just keep doing what you're doing with like even just your Instagram, and we'll, yeah. we'll get people that in a minute. But you know, keep keep putting the stuff out there and the content out there, and when people understand that this was not a three year journey, this was an eight month journey. Exactly that. It makes it so much more. Uh, it's well, not only motivating but achievable and relatable, right? Um, we all have a hard time thinking about what the grind of a three-year commitment would be, but eight months is is reasonable. And you break that down by half, and four months seems certainly doable. And two months, yeah, anybody can do two months. You know what I mean? Like when you're posting the stuff you're posting out there, I think it's really uh, motivating for a lot of officers who are wondering where to start that they just need to start, right? Right. You just need to start. That's all you have to do is the first step. You don't need to know. You don't need to know anything about nutrition. You don't need to know anything about fitness. You don't need to know anything about anything but that you want to start and that you want to make a change. And that's that. That's it. It's just about taking that first step and and wanting something better for yourself, wanting to be something other than what you are currently. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. You, nobody knows everything. You know, it's a learning experience and, and it doesn't take. Like I said, it doesn't success is not doesn't have to be had in small steps. You can you can have large steps of success as long as you are willing to put in the work, as long as you are willing some days to lose sleep. And as long as you're willing, some days you're going to be hungry. It's part of the journey. It's, unfortunately, it's part of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're willing to go through that, then success can definitely be had. I love that idea. Of you want something better for yourself. You know, you treat you're you're treating yourself to something new rather than depriving yourself. Of, of something. So Greg, where can people find you on that Instagram and uh, tell them about how to reach out to you? It's um, G and then it's Parker underscore fitness. Let me double check that just to make sure. <laughs> so yes, Parker dot G fitness. That's Parker dot G fitness. And uh, you can feel free to send me a message. Uh, I respond to all messages. I've been responding to, to hundreds over the past few days after uh, police nutrition posted that video. So um, you can find me at Parker G Fitness and you send me a message. I always respond back. And we'll post that uh, in the show notes as well for people who want to reach out or want to see that. I'm going to repost the video as well so people have a reference to uh, to what we're talking about here. Greg, a lot of great information today. Thank you very much for your time. I think the idea of the mindset you had and giving yourself something and and that these external forces aren't going to do it. They're going to drag you down. It has to be internal. I think those are all things we struggle with and they're all relatable. And, uh, you made these, you made such a journey seem very actionable. So thank, thanks for your time today, man. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of the squad room. If you like what you heard today, got something out of this, uh, amazing conversation with Gregory. I'm still fascinated about it. We just finished a little bit ago and I'm still wrapping my head around some of the great things he talked about about that external versus internal motivation and the intrinsic value there and and uh, and the self-talk and, and watching yourself and making sure you're balanced. If you got something out of this, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or on your player of choice. It really helps us spread the word of the show. Also, share this episode with somebody you know. You can go to thesquadroom.net and you can email this episode directly to somebody. You can share it on your Facebook page. You can share it on Instagram. And uh, and help us get this word out for people. A lot of guys, a lot of girls are struggling with where to start. And uh, as we learned from Gregory today, the important thing is you just have to start. All right. So if you uh, want to get on our mailing list, you can join up. We're doing a lot of stuff on Facebook, uh, on our Facebook group. You can sign up uh, on Facebook by searching the Squad Room Podcast Group. Uh, I'm posting a lot of stuff related to the mini-sodes over there the mini episodes, the briefing topics I do that are following a theme for the year of badges and following and developing your beliefs, actions, discipline, goals, emotions, and service in furtherance of our own personal development and our successful service to others. Uh, I do a lot of stuff on the Facebook group, but also in the web, uh, in the mailing list. So you can uh, go over to the squad room and sign up for our mailing list, or you can text the squad room, all one word to four, four, two, 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 Again, the squad room, all one word to 44222. Get signed up right from your phone. 
and uh, get some good information and some good tactics and strategies and how to implement some of these things that Gregory talked about uh, in there. Uh, also, just uh, tell people about the show if you can and help us get these messages out. I want to thank Blue Line Flex and also Hardhead Veterans for their support of the show. Please check them out. For Hardhead Veterans, you go over to their website, use the code code Squad Room to get $20 off your helmet. Uh, I, uh, I love mine. I absolutely do. Uh, in fact, this week ran into a partner of mine. He was carrying a helmet and I recognized it as a hardhead veterans helmet, asked him where he got it. He said he heard about it on the show and, uh, he's in charge of an, an, a specialty assignment. And he even purchased some for them. So it's a legit company. They're really great guys. They come out of special ops. They do a good job. Uh, so thanks to them. And, uh, until next time, everyone, please take care of each other and stay safe. 